You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. So firstborn, if you haven't been here the past couple weeks, please, I'm going to try to you know, give you a little, uh, little quick little summary. But if you haven't uh, heard the sermons uh, from the last couple of weeks, go back and listen to those for the whole scope of it because you're going to kind of dig into it. But in the Old Testament, pre-Jesus, uh, firstborn, a kind of a tradition in, in, in those days where the firstborn of a family would receive an inheritance uh, twice as big as everybody else that got an inheritance. So, so that seems like, you know, somebody was playing favorites, right? But really, truthfully, it's because the firstborn was going to have to take care of the rest of the family once the father was gone. And so that's why uh, they got the double portion. It wasn't because they were just a favorite. It's because they needed that in order to take care of other people, the, other, the rest of the family. And so, um, so that's, that's kind of what it meant back then. But we've been talking about it from a New Testament, post-Jesus, you know, or, or current day uh, kind of, of uh, viewpoint. And what it means in the kingdom of God, in, in, you know, in this, the thing that Jesus had started in the New Testament. And, uh, and when you come to know Jesus, you become part of his family. You become part of the kingdom. You, you become, uh, you know, you're, you're born into a new life. And so, so you are first born, you know, you are before whoever's coming next. So we all are, are, are blessed. If we, if we know Jesus, we're blessed in certain ways and we're given blessings. And that's not because we're God's favorites. It's not because he plays favorites. And it's not because we're first. It's because we're not meant to be the last. It's meant to be that w- we need to pass on what Jesus has given us. We need to give and, and bless others out of the way that he has blessed us. And so it's so important that we see, uh, see that as our, our main reason to following Jesus is that we're, we're, we're telling other people, we're sharing it with other people. And so I want to dig into that a little bit this morning, but also just from a 21st century perspective, you know, uh, what it means to be a firstborn in this day and age. You know, I'm the firstborn in my family, and, you know, there's, so there's some, some things that come with that, some ideas about what a firstborn is. You know, uh, firstborn tend to be uh, supposedly more ambitious, uh, overly controlling, uh, they could be constant warriors, kind of like uh, with, a, with a first kid, you know, usually parents are, are more uh, anxious and worried about things that are going on so they can pass those things on to that kid. And so that, so that, that happens. And then also they can be a, approval seekers. Now, I don't know about all that. I don't know if, if that's who I am, you know, or if, that, if you're a firstborn, I don't know if that's who you are. But there are these, these things that, that get put on us. And, and, and to look at what it really means to be a firstborn, I want to go back to the firstborn today. I want to go back to the original firstborn, and that's Cain, okay? That's Adam and Eve's first child, Cain, and he had a brother named Abel, and I'll read to you uh, from Genesis chapter 4. So uh, Abel, this is uh, Cain's younger brother, said, now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So imagine that. Imagine you're Cain, right? You're not just 
not just an only child up until this point, until Abel's brought into the world. Uh, you're the only child in the world. And uh, so it's not just, you know, the attention, and it's not just the attention of, uh, of mom and dad that, that, that uh, Abel is taking. He's taking the attention of God, too. You know, he's taking this spotlight away. And, you know, it's like it's, all, it's supposed to all be about me. I'm the firstborn. It's supposed to be about me. And, and you know, that's a problem, not just with firstborn. It's, it's a problem throughout history. Uh, in Jesus' day, uh, there were many people that were, you know, the religious people that thought because they already knew God that they wondered why, why Jesus was not spending as much quality time with them and he was spending time with other people. And uh, Jesus, you know, he told them several things. One of the things he told them, he told them the story of the prodigal son. And, and yes, that story is about coming back to Jesus and, and uh, coming back to God. But at the end of the story, there's a, there's a, a second brother. There's a, an older brother to the prodigal son. And he's upset because the, the, the blessing, his blessing was, was used to celebrate the, the, the younger brother coming back home to be with dad. And we talked about that a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but but that, that, that shows we can so get it messed up that it's about us. You know, we get so excited about what God's doing in our life, we can forget that, you know, it's really about other people and what God wants to do through us for other people. And so, so Cain, uh, it, it, when you have that kind of tension, that, that friction between, you know, like, like what God's doing in me and what God's doing, it can, it can lead into bad places or you can let it let you grow. It can, it can, uh, it can build you up. But Cain chose a different path and he kind of went a much darker path with it. Uh, so Cain said to his brother Abel, uh, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And so this is horrible, right? But well, what had happened was the, the idea of, uh, of Abel, instead of looking at his brother and, and wanting to help him or wanting to learn from him, instead he reached out and killed him. And Because and I, think, I think he saw it as a competition, you know? He saw it as, you know, competing for time with God or for God's favor or whatever. He didn't see, he didn't see the, the truth of the matter. He didn't see the big picture. And so uh, we can get involved in that too. You know, we can come in to, to worship God and wonder why, you know, uh, why, why someone else has got something or why someone else gets to do this or someone else gets to do that. Or we can wonder why, you know, why our church, why we focus so much on people who don't know Jesus yet and why that's our focus and forget that it's, it's not about us. Um, and so uh, this race that we, we run today, this race, it's not against, it's not against each other, right? We're not in a competition. Uh, Paul talked about the race that we're running, and uh, he talked about that, but he, the way he talked about it, he talked about it several times, but, one, but he never talked about it like we were actually like in competition with each other, like if, if I finish before you, then I'm going to get a bigger medal or something, but, but the point is, is that is whoever finishes, whenever you finish, if you finish this race, and for Jesus, if you finish it, then you win, well, then you win, and our job is not to beat anybody down the field. Our job is to make sure as many people as possible finish this race, right? We want to see as many people as possible cross the finish line to be with Jesus forever. We want, we want that to happen. That is our heart. As, as not just 2911, that should be our heart as Christians. And when Paul talked about this race one time in Hebrews, we assume he wrote Hebrews, um, he said that since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now there's several 
who he's talking about there. It could be several different things. But I like just for today, let's think about, you know, the people that aren't running yet, the people that haven't chosen to run this race to chase after Jesus. Uh, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. And so, so he says there to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So there's, there's two things there, right? There's the sin that holds us back. And if we just said that, like that's black and white, we kind of, you know all those things. But he also said there's other things too that, that can hinder us. There are other things in our life that can hold us back from truly pursuing Jesus the way we're supposed to and truly fixing our eyes on him and chasing after him in the way we need to go. And some of those things are, you know, some of those things are very obvious to us. Some of those things can be kind of in the back of our minds. We don't even notice it. Just the way we look at the world. It can be just, just a viewpoint. It can be just an opinion. It can be a philosophy or a way of life that we have built around ourselves. And so today what I want to invite everyone to do, I want to invite us to lay down some of those things. Let's lay aside our viewpoints, our philosophies, our ideas, our hang-ups, our opinions, and let's listen to what, what maybe Jesus would, would say to us today. Um, and so I want to invite you to do that today, to throw, throw aside those ideas, attitudes, philosophies, uh, viewpoints that, that you might have. And I want to talk to you about being your brother's keeper and what that means. Um, because when, after Cain murdered Abel, uh, the Lord said to Cain, he said, where's your brother Abel? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the thing about that statement, am I my brother's keeper, is there's like a, lot, there's like a, a little bit of a thread in there that like, that, that's truth, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, when I stand before God, I'm going to answer for me. You're going to answer for you, right? And that, there, so there is some truth to that. But part of answering for myself is answering for how I treated other people. Answering for how... I helped, how I kept my brother, how I helped my brothers, my sisters, how I did that. And so you can get like, a, like an attitude about that, or you can, you, can, you can take on the attitude of Jesus and look out for other people. Um, I know uh, just growing up when I was in uh, high school, one of my least favorite things is after I got a driver's license, worst thing in the whole world was whenever I was going somewhere and my mom asked me to take my sister somewhere. You know, that was just the end of the world. It didn't matter if, if I was already heading that direction. Remember, I was driving right by the place she was going. If I was having to take her, or her and her friends somewhere, I mean, it was just always like, Mom, seriously? Like, like it would be the end of the world. And, and it's just, you know, like I, just, I just couldn't wrap my mind around why it was important. Because when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, and I wanted to go somewhere, I had to talk my parents into going, you know, and taking me there. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have somebody to drive me around. And so, so I didn't see that. So we get that idea too. It's just like, you know, you know when, when I came to Jesus, you know, when I, when I was young in my faith, I didn't need anybody. I made it here all by, my, you know, all by myself, and we can think that. And the thing is, is that, that God has blessed us in order to bless others. And none of us got here on our own. We all have somebody that pulled us along. There were people in front of us that helped us, that brought us along. And so we've got to do that for the next set of people. We got to do that. We got to help because in, back in the day, my, my problem was I didn't see, I was part of a family, you know, and I needed to take care of my sister. That was the most important thing, not about me having fun or whatever. It was about me taking care of my sister. And the same thing, th- same thing with the church. We've got to see we're part of a family and we've got to take care of our brothers and our sisters. We've got to take care of one another. 
Um, and and uh, a couple months ago, uh, last time I got to speak, I, I talked about heaven, and uh, one of the things I kind of talked about a little bit was that, you know, when we kind of focus too much on heaven, we kind of lose sight of what's going on here, and if we focus too much here, we lose sight of heaven. And so there's, the only thing we can do is focus on Jesus, and he kind of helps balance that out in a really good way. And, uh, and so, so in that kind of same vein of, of thinking maybe a little bit too much about, about where we're headed one day, uh, I have this quote I wanted to read that uh, has to do a, little, a, a lot with being your brother's keeper also uh, from C.S. Lewis. And, uh, and it says this, it says, It may be possible for each to think too much of his own potential glory hereafter. It is hardly possible for him to think too often or too deeply about that of his neighbor. The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. All day long, we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the delight of these overwhelming possibilities, heaven or hell, that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. So everything, every action we take, every word we say, every, uh, every interaction we have with people uh, you know, in our life helps push them in one way or another, to one destination or another. We have, we have that going on in our lives. Any, everything we do, uh, everything we post online, everything, everything we say and do can, can help push people in one way or the other. And so that, that's a huge weight that's put on our shoulders. It should be. Uh, that's, that's being your brother's keeper. Cain wasn't interested in that. He wasn't interested in worrying about his brother. Uh, and the danger of this is seen in Cain, because Cain, uh, you think like he, he, you know, he destroyed the competition, and so it was going to be all about Cain again, but here's the thing is, is, is Adam and Eve had another son, and that's who, who the line, the, the descendants from Seth, the, the third son, is who everybody in the Bible traced their, traced their name back through, because Cain, all his descendants died in the flood, so there is no legacy of Cain. Because he failed to be his brother's keeper, he left no legacy. And so when we fail to take care of our family, when we fail to take care of our brothers and sisters, there's no legacy. There's nothing left uh, behind about us. And so if we want to be our brother's keeper, there are some things that we must keep doing. Okay, there are some things we must keep doing. Number one, we've got to keep reaching. We've got to keep reaching. If heaven and hell are real possibilities after the end of this life, then we have a message that's worth sharing with somebody, right? We've got, we've got a message that's worth sharing. And not just, not just, a, a, not just heaven and hell, but, but daily. There are some people that need the hope and the peace and the joy that, that we take for granted. That, that if, you know, it's easy, I think, to, to wrap yourself in a little Christian bubble and just, just, and and just forget what it's like to not be able to pray and just feel like it's taken care of. 
But there are, there, there are people that you see every day that don't have that kind of confidence, that don't have that kind of hope, that don't, and, and it's, it's on us. That weight is on us, and we shouldn't carry it lightly. We should, we should be looking for those people that we have the opportunity, that you have the opportunity, that no one else has to share Jesus with them, to share this hope, this peace, this joy with them. Every one of us has that opportunity. And this is something I wrote down. This is one of the first things I, I typed out uh, when I was typing up this, this message. I typed th this statement, and I feel like it's, it could just be a statement, and it might be for some people. You want to just hear it and go on. But the other people, I think, are going to hear this, and I think it's for you, okay? I think it's specifically for you. But there is someone who doesn't know Jesus today that will before the end of 2019 if you would reach out to them if you'll reach out to them. You have an opportunity to reach people that no one else has. There's somebody in your life, and so don't be afraid. Don't be worried about weird, you know, conversations or, or what it is. God's going to give you the words to say in the moment, just like he promised us he would. And, and don't, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and share him with some, someone. Um, it's, it's what we're supposed to be doing, right? There, there is, I mean, like, if, no, if we don't do it, no one else is going to right? The, the church is, Jesus, he, he saves the world, but, but the church is his plan to get the message out, right? And so there is no plan B. We're it. We're it. We've got to do it. Um, and what Jesus told us, one of, some of his last words, he said this, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So it says, go and make disciples of all nations. Not, and, and so, so it's not just about reaching, but it's also about teaching them. It also goes on there. So there's more there. There's discipling that also must go on. All right? So it's, it's not just going by and throwing Bibles at people, you know? There's, it's, it's deeper than that. So we've not just got to keep reaching, but we've got to keep discipling. And discipling is just passing on what you know. Sometimes I think we make it a little more difficult than it needs to be, but it's just passing on what you know. Um, and we've got to do a better job of that. We've got to uh, continue to, to pass on what we know. You've got some things. You've got some experiences in your life that have taught you some things that other people need to hear. You've got some, some, some things you've learned that, that need to be passed on to someone else. And if, if the process of discipleship doesn't happen, if you don't find people to share that with, then it's lost forever, Right? There's some stuff you need to pass on. And so the way we do that at 2911 is through small groups. And a lot of times, well, you know, discipleship, that's, that's pastor's job. You know, but discipleship can't happen on a Sunday morning with, with this many people in, you know, in just an hour. It, it's going to take one-on-one -on -one time. It, take, it takes some things. And so that's where small groups come in. And that's where small groups have to be the way that, that people pass on this information. And there are some things that you to pass on through a small group that you can pass on, that you can help someone with if, if you'll open the door, if you'll walk through the door God's open for you. And so there are, you know, you may feel like you're, you're not qualified. You may feel like, you know, you're not ready or maybe there, you've tried before and it hasn't worked or maybe you feel like, you know, six months from now maybe you'll be in a better spot where you can do it. But I'll say this, is, is there are people who need the small group. You are already ready to lead right now, today. And so we got small groups starting up in just a couple of weeks. Kyle is over at the senior center right now. Well, 
leading training leaders. And uh, if, if, if that's on your heart today, go to leader training. If, if, if you're just thinking about it and praying about it, there's a place on the Sunday's notes. There's, you can click, fill out a little form, and it's not saying, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm going to, to uh, lead a small group this semester, but it's, gonna, it's just saying, hey, I'm interested. And you can talk about it and think about it and pray about it and find out if this semester is right for you. <clears throat> but I believe, I believe, Pastor said at the end of the last, the last uh, service, um, everybody, everybody can lead a small group. Just about anybody can. There's something that you can pass on to other people. So we've got a responsibility to keep reaching, to keep discipling, and to keep serving. Okay, Galatians 5 says, um, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This is part of that, that blessing of being firstborn, right? Of being part of God's family. We're, we're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Uh, John Wesley said this. He said one of the principal rules of religion is to lose no occasion of serving God. And since he is invisible to our eyes, we are to serve him in our neighbor, which he receives as if done to himself in person standing visibly before us. So what it tells me is that every person that we come in contact with is an opportunity to serve God. Every person we come in contact with is an opportunity to serve God in some way. Um, and, and we just have to open our eyes to see that, that there are opportunities to serve him all around us. I, and and they're, they're, they're in uh, every parking lot you walk through. They're in every... Uh, Every business that you go go to, you, where you work, they're all around you. In every cubicle, or, or whatever, at the school, if you drop if you drop your kids off at school, or if you go to school, uh, the opportunities are all around you. And I can't sit here and list out all those opportunities that exist for you to serve people, to serve God. But I can tell you some of the places that you could serve right here in 2911, because there are opportunities to serve here. Um, Church 2911, as you probably know, exists. This is what we say. We exist to reach those who are disconnected, those who don't know Jesus yet. We want to reach somebody that doesn't know him. And so that can't be just about cool T-shirts and cool worship songs. I'm glad we, we got cool T-shirts. I'm glad we got cool worship songs. And that, that's part of it. But it can't just be about that. It can't just be about an event on Sunday morning we come to. That, that, that it's for the disconnected, that it's for the unchurched. But it's got to be about people, about me and you, that we've got to be, we've, we're 2911, we've got to be about reaching somebody that doesn't know Jesus yet. And so that's not something that happens on Sunday morning. That's something that happens throughout the week. That's something that happens all week long. We've got to do that. And so we've got to go from being consumers to being owners of 2911. Maybe you're already, you already are an owner. I don't know, I don't know where you're at. But you know, uh, if, if you go to, like I, I said earlier, Chick-fil-A, if you go there and you order a, a large sweet tea and you, you put it on the table and then you, you bump it off, off the table, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, no one's ever done that before. It happens to me more often than I like to, to admit. Um, but you knock that sweet tea off on the floor and it goes everywhere and just sticky sweet tea all over the floor. And you, you, what do you do? You, you had to go get someone, and they come, in, they come and clean it up. 
You don't really have to worry about it. You just apologize and, and get out as quickly as you can to avoid embarrassment. <laughs> and maybe go to the one in Fultondale next week. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's what you do. If you're just a consumer, you just go and you say, hey, this needs to be fixed and someone else fixes it. But if you're an owner, if you're an owner, if you're the owner of Chick-fil-A for Mike Holmes and, and something like that, something's wrong, what do you do? You don't just sit around there and wait for somebody to, from something to happen. You fix it. You make it better. So that's, that's the difference between being a consumer and, and an owner. It's consumers can see the problems, but owners can do something about it. Consumers can see the opportunities, but owners get to walk through those doors, get to make it happen. And that's, that's one of the, the greatest things about owning, owning this. And so we've got to own it. We say it all the time. You have something awesome to do for Jesus. We say it all the time. But it's got to be, it, it's, it's got to be true, and it, it is true. We believe it with every bit of who we are. There, there is something every one of us has to do for Jesus. There is something awesome we all have an opportunity to do. So, so you may look around and you may think, you know what? They've got everything covered because, I mean, they had all the chairs set up this morning when I got here. They had the coffee warm, you know, lights, all that. But there are places where we still need help. There are places that are still be try, we're still covering. And uh, I want to say this is that uh, there are teams right now that are struggling because someone is not doing what they're made to do. And so, so there are places that need help. There are places that need to be covered. And, and our plan is not, our, our hope is not for anybody to serve every week. That is not our plan. There are some people that are doing that right now. They're my hero. <laughs> some of them, they set up these chairs that we're sitting in this morning. Some of them made the coffee this, that, that we're drinking this morning. Some of them are watching our kids back there. But, but we need some help. There are some, some places that, that if, people, if you'll stand up and serve how you're called to serve, then it helps everybody else. That's the crazy thing about it, is when we all begin operating and walking in the way that God has read us and made us to walk, when we begin operating and serving in the church like we're supposed to, then it's it's, it's crazy thing because if I start doing my part, I, 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 I get blessed. You know, I get to feel like I'm doing something. But then someone, a team has helped out because I'm stepping up and doing my part. But then there's also people that we're serving, and they're getting, you know, so it's this huge, it's this amazing thing that happens when we all take our place. And so I want to encourage you, if, if, if something's held you back in the past, if there's been a hang-up or something's going on, take that, take that next step and, and, and walk through that door and, uh, and serve. Uh, whatever it is, if, if there's some place that you feel like you're called to serve, please come talk to me after service. I'd love to be able to help you find that place and uh, get you connected. And if, if it's messed up in the past, let's, let's, let's get it fixed and let's put you back where you're supposed to be. Um, so those things, reaching, serving, discipling, these, these things are so important. Now, when you stop doing these things, coming to church becomes all about you, right? And then quickly, if we're not careful, it stops making sense. Because when we just come to church, just for me, just for ourselves, church doesn't make sense. Because I, I, why do I need, I mean, like, I'll, I'll come next time, you know, I'm in, in trouble. Or next time it's, you know, I'm on the way to Walmart or whatever anyway. But if I'm coming to serve somebody, right, then I've got a reason to be here. You know, if I'm coming to disciple somebody, if I'm coming to, 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 to reach somebody, 
then, man, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that I'm here in the morning. And, and I love that. Uh, uh, church, it, it can quickly become, what can God do for me instead of what God, what can God do through me? And how can God use me? And, it can, and when it, church becomes all about what can God do for me, and there are times where you desperately need the church. I'm not saying that. But it, when it becomes, that's all it's about. The church becomes lifeless. Because God is not using his body the way we need to be used. And so, so we've got to step up and do that. Um, and I know everybody goes through seasons where, where, you, where, you know, maybe you used to lead a small group every semester. But, but right now you can't. You know, I, I, know, I know that's how... That's how Life works. You know, we go through seasons. We go through cycles. But every season, every season, we go through those times where, we, where we're building up. Maybe when we're building up to reach out again, building up to disciple again, building up to reach out again. We need to do that. And so I want to I say this, and I want you to hear what I'm saying. And I want you to take it the wrong way. But I mean it, and I think we mean it as a church. If you are a follower of Jesus, and you don't want to feel pressured to serve your community, participate in the body of believers here, then you are in the wrong building. Because Church 2911 exists for that exact reason. That's why we're here. And that, that, that's why, 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 we're, why we were founded. That's the vision and heart of our pastor. That's why we're here. And so that's what we want to do. So, but if you're looking for a place where you are encouraged to dream, empowered to serve, and constantly dare to dream. 2911 is home. 2911 is home. So we got to own it. Let's own this, okay? Are we a perfect church? No, we're not. We're not. But consumers can only see the problems. Owners can do something about it. That's why we got to own it. We got to own it. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.